Hi, folks, and welcome to the 46th edition of the Weber's Whipping Post podcast. I'm Weber, and I'm delighted you tuned in to listen. Hope you had a great Christmas. I know the Weber family did. But before I begin, let's pay a couple of bills. This episode comes to you from the George Ryan Jr. Insurance Group. Everybody needs insurance, so why not buy from the great folks at George Ryan Jr. Insurance who supports programs like mine? So please go ahead and give George a call at 815-936-0075. That's 815-936-0075. Or look them up on their website and save on insurance at grinsurance.com. George and his staff would like to wish all of you a happy new year. Readers of my blog may have seen that I had an early winner for Weber's Whipping Post Asshat of the Month for December. That honor went to the four asshats, all Colorado Supreme Court justices. Their names are Richard Gabriel, Monica Marquez, Melissa Hart, and William Hood. They make up four of seven total justices that decided to ridiculously kick Trump off the ballot for the 2024 presidential election due to their perception of Trump's involvement in the January 6th kerfuffle. It should be pointed out here, folks, Trump has never been charged or convicted of insurrection. So how in the hell can a court boot him off the ballot for insurrection? This ruling will get reversed once it gets to the Supreme Court, but these asshats got their 15 minutes of fame. I guess the FBI, the Democrats' personal Gestapo, is investigating threats that that may have been leveled at the four asshats. I doubt anything comes of that, although it will cost Colorado citizens for extra security for asshat patrol. I think their biggest threat will come when Trump gets elected and does away with the Ninth Circuit for their continual liberal rulings that constantly get overturned. The runner-up candidate for asshat of the month was Harvard President Claudine Gay. If you recall, she was at the helm at Harvard when they mishandled the anti-Semitism on their campus. She was also found to have plagiarized her way to the top spot at Harvard Her decisions are costing Harvard millions of dollars in contributions. When Harvard's board met to discuss what they were going to do about Ms. Gay, they voted unanimously to keep her. This was considered a chicken shit vote because Gay checked off three boxes, woman, black, and gay. There is no way they wanted to be known for firing a woman with those credentials, regardless of what it was going to cost them. It would be so much better for everyone if Gay would resign, but she has steadfastly held on to her seat. It turns out the board may have gotten a little squeeze to keep Gay aboard. Evidently, Barack Obama, a Harvard graduate and known to have been anti-Semitic himself, stuck his nose in favor of keeping Gay. Also in on the fix was Penny Pritzker. Pritzker, a Jew herself, is a sister to Illinois Governor J.B. Toilets Pritzker and, like her brother, inherited billions of dollars for doing virtually nothing. She used some of that money, $100 million to be exact, to buy herself a seat on that Harvard board. Turns out Pritzker was the leader of the committee that hired Gay in the first place. As long as Gay retains her seat, Harvard is going to suffer financially. 
Well, maybe. Evidently, another Harvard graduate and billionaire donor has announced he will suspend donations to Harvard. Lynn Blavinick, Jew worth about $32 billion, is upset gay has not been canned. Lynn's foundation has donated at least $270 million to Harvard. But he said the word suspend, not terminate. It is said that more than 1,600 Harvard alumni are withholding donations until stronger action is taken to fight anti-Semitism on campus. Applications to the school have fallen 17% as well. You have to wonder when Gay resigns, which will happen eventually, probably tied to her plagiarisms, then will all the donations get reestablished and paid up in full? And how many millions will Gay be given to resign? Conversations that are probably already taking place. It would be just like all those gloriously rich upper-crust folks to want to make up with their Ivy School brethren. Weber's Whipping Post will be right back. A.N. Weber Incorporated is a proud sponsor of Weber's Whipping Post. Now in their 76th year, Weber has offices in Kankakee, Illinois, Nashville, Tennessee, El Paso, Texas, and Chandler, Arizona. Whether you're looking for company equipment to haul your dry van or flatbed freight or logistic services for all types of freight or even a career in driving, maintenance, or sales, call Mark Tedford at 815-939-2235. You can also apply online at anweber.com. Weber has immediate openings for drivers in all areas and mechanical technicians in Kankakee, Illinois and El Paso, Texas. Weber is also looking for logistics agents across the country. Again, call Mark Tedford at 815-939-2235 or apply online at anweber.com. And now, back to Weber's Whipping Post. A publication by the name of Badlands Media recently came out with an article I found very interesting. The piece was called Vivek DeSantis and Trump's Master Move, and it was written by Justin Deschamps. He wonders if Vivek may be working with Trump in some capacity, a concept that was strengthened, at least to him, when Ramaswamy announced he would pull out of the Colorado primary if Trump is not reinstated. He urged DeSantis, Christie, and Haley to do the same, but as of the timing of this report, they haven't, nor will they. Deschamps points out Ramaswamy seems to be using the same playbook Trump did in 2016. He's bold and brash and says things that politicians just don't say out loud. He claims Haley was not prepared to deal with Ramaswamy's shots at her on the debate stage. It's as if Ramaswamy acts like a Trump clone. I even noticed they dress similar. This idea does make some sense, folks. So the next time you hear Senator Lindsey Graham bloviating for more money for more war, consider this. In U.S. history, there has only been one sitting U.S. senator ever to die in combat. One in 247 years. Over 2,000 senators were elected. The one that died was British-born Edwin Baker from Oregon 
in the Civil War who died at the Battle of Ball's Bluff. Seems a senator's seat is pretty safe from the damage they promote. What did John Fogarty croon? It ain't me. It ain't me. I ain't no senator's son. Well, us Illinois schmucks are going to have about 300 more useless laws to know about next week, courtesy of Governor J.B. Toilets Pritzker. That's what you do when your dad hands you billions of dollars for doing very little. You get a sense you know everything and can tell people what they should do. That's what we need in this day and age. More goddamn laws. Here's a few for us, the great unwashed, to comply with. Illinois employers will now have a legal obligation to provide 40 hours of paid leave every year for any reason at any time. Once again, the government is sticking their nose further into companies' businesses. We had to hire a lawyer to write up that policy. Certain assault weapons have to be registered with the state now, as if it's any other goddamn business. Book bans are now outlawed in public libraries. On its face, this sounded like a good idea until you read the reason the law came about. Some politicians were wanting to protect children by removing books dealing with LGBTQ and critical race theories. And now this is the real kicker. Non-citizens can become Illinois police officers. This preposterous idea needs no further explanation. Have you seen the Planned Parenthood commercial? I did for the first time Christmas night. That organization performed 374,000 abortions and received $670 million in government grants and reimbursements in 2022. Well, that wasn't enough money, evidently. In addition to your tax dollars, now for only $19.95 per month, I kid you not, you can help them kill more babies in 2024. After all, as the commercial says, it's a woman's right to control their own bodies. Conveniently, they didn't say what the baby's rights were. Hey, Happy New Year from Hoffman Chiropractic Neurology, celebrating 30 years of practice. Dr. Hoffman specializes in general musculoskeletal conditions, neurology, sports injuries, acupuncture, electrodiagnostics, and comprehensive wellness management. Dr. Hoffman provides exceptional care for patients of all ages, from infants to elderly, from expectant moms to athletes. Dr. Hoffman's goal is to provide all patients a tailored treatment plan based on an extensive history, a thorough exam, and x-rays. Contact Hoffman Chiropractic Neurology for more information or to schedule a visit. That number is 815-937-0446. First, the Los Angeles Dodgers signed perhaps the best baseball player right now, Oshitani, to a ridiculous $700 million contract over the offseason. Not content, this past week they went out and signed another good player, Japanese pitcher Yoshinobu Yamamoto to an equally ridiculous $325 million contract. Yoshinobu, from Japan, has never pitched in a Major League Baseball. This means they now owe two ballplayers over a billion bucks. 
Evidently, Yamamoto has been pitching for the Oryx Buffaloes since 2017 at the Japanese League and has become one of the most dominant pitchers in Japan, if not the world. The Yankees and Giants both tried to sign him with offers of $300 million. Dodger fans, you're going to pay through the nose to see those two Japanese boys. And even if the Dodgers win it all, they bought it. You going to be satisfied with that? You think they should go out and throw a King's Ransom to sign Aaron Judge, Bryce Harper, and Mike Trout, too? Might as well have all of baseball's current best players on your team, huh? Seems to me it would be a hollow victory, one that should go down in history with an asterisk. A 2019 poll showed that 74% of black folks favored reparations. 83% of whites oppose it. California is running a $68 billion deficit right now, yet it is estimated it will spend $800 billion in reparations. Where is that money going to come from? Yet in spite of these facts, New York Governor Kathy Hochul signed legislation last week to establish a commission to study racial injustice and to pay reparations to the black folks of New York. It should be pointed out here that New York was part of the union that fought against the South over slavery. When she signed the order, the race hustler Al Sharpton was standing behind her, grinning from ear to ear. New York is near bankruptcy now. How in the hell are they going to pay something like that? That commission is in a no-win situation. They are going to be vilified whatever decision they make. How long will it be until Illinois Governor J.B. Toilets Pritzker gets around to this? Why would he care? His daddy left him $3.5 billion. Well, this should make your blood boil. I was listening to the Dan Bongino podcast, and he was reporting from an uh, interview he did with one of the Texas border captains who claims that the uh, immigrants that are going through customs are being issued a cell phone, a $5,000 visa card, and a plane ticket to wherever they want to go. Think about that. The government has given all of that to illegal immigrants. And we have people in this country that are not very well off. They could have used those benefits. So I was listening to a New Gingrich podcast in which he interviewed Paul Carter on his new book about Richard Nixon. It would appear that everything I thought I knew about Nixon was mostly wrong. More books have been written on Nixon than any other U.S. politician. When one thinks about Nixon, they think mostly about Watergate, which, looking back all these years later, seems mild to what the Democrats have been pulling off on Trump now. Nixon, our 37th president, believed he had a strong defense to defend himself for the Watergate fiasco, but in the end resigned the presidency as he thought that would be the best thing to do for his country. Nixon was born in Yorba Linda, California, and raised a Quaker in nearby Whittier. He succeeded in every aspect of his life, and all that knew him admired him. He graduated in the top of his class at Whittier College, where he excelled at sports and was voted best man on campus. He was in the South Pacific for World War II, and then he became a lawyer after he got out of the military. He served in the U.S. House, 
the U.S. Senate, Vice President Eisenhower, and eventually President. Nixon died in 1994, a year after his wife Pat, of whom they were married for 53 years. Perhaps a little further research is needed to fully form an opinion of the man. He may have been unfairly vilified, which overshadowed his vast achievements. I ran across an interesting article that states the ocean contains 3 million shipwrecks and only 1% of them have been explored. UNESCO describes the ocean as the biggest museum in the world, the ocean floor, I should say. Historians estimate there to be about $60 billion sitting in the bottom of the ocean. Our Great Lakes have six to, anywhere from six to 20,000 shipwrecks, including the Edmund Fitzgerald of Gordon Lightfoot fame. So we have a trucking terminal in Pleasant View, Tennessee, between Nashville and Clarksville. On December the 9th, Clarksville got hit by a tornado that tore the north part of the town apart. We were fortunate not to have any damage at our office. Three people from Clarksville died that day, though. Sydney Moore was one of the unfortunates to be in the path of that tornado. She watched in horror as her infant son, Lord, who was in his bassinet, was sucked up into the funnel of the cloud along with the roof of the mobile home they were living in. It was at that point she threw herself over her one-year-old son as all the walls collapsed around them. After the storm had passed, her mobile home and car were tore apart, but she went out to look for her four-month-old son, Lord. Incredibly, she found him alive and pretty much unscathed except for a small cut. Get this, he was lying asleep in the crook of a fallen tree, no worse for the wear. It was as if he'd been placed there. Some things just don't make sense except to God, I guess. We volunteered to do something, and the churches hooked us up with Y-A-I-P-A-K Outreach. I can't say that word. A wonderful organization, though. They were a hands-on Nashville's disaster relief Strobel recipient this year for 2023. Our Pleasant View terminal manager and his assistant were delighted to help Y-A-I-P-A-K on the request to donate Christmas presents for teenagers. Interesting. We even delivered them in a truck. As I understand it, displaced parents with teenage children will be able to shop, that's in quotation marks, the Y-A-I-P-A-K warehouse for Christmas presents for their kids at no charge. So any of you remember that album called Nevermind by the group Nirvana, released in 1991? This is the album with the cover of the naked baby boy submerged in a pool while chasing after money. I never cared for the album or the band, but it did sell 30 million copies. Well, that naked little baby has grown up now and he's 32 years old. His name is Spencer Eldon and he doesn't like it that he was featured on that album cover. In fact, Spencer is so upset he has brought it before the court twice. And he's been lucky because it is now before the notorious and ultra-liberal Ninth Circuit who regularly have their rulings overturned. So Spencer is suing anything that might have been remotely connected with the album that was shot when he was four months old. 
He claims to be upset that the album cover is so pornographic and neither he nor his guardians agreed to the photo, so he's a victim, folks. He's suffering, and what would make him feel better is if he got rewarded a few million bucks. I have to wonder if the court proceeding will demand to see the words, never mind, tattoo he has. That's right. Our little victim has a tattoo of the album's name emblazoned across his chest. According to the USA Today, names being floated for Trump's potential running mates include South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, a pick I really like. I think he would make an excellent number two man as well as number one if needed. For reasons that make no sense, his pigmentation will go a long way to attract black folks' vote. Another is South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. I say not a chance. Better women are available. South Dakota Governor Christy Nome. she seems to be an awful like Trump, and I have to wonder how they get along. I just can't see her as being number two. Then there's Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Interesting choice, but I can't see it. She's kind of young. There's Ben Carson. Nice, intelligent guy, but I can't see him doing it either. I think Ben will bristle at some of Trump's egomaniac remarks. There's Georgia Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. Not a chance. She's more polarizing than Trump is. Here's one you might not have heard. New York Representative Elsie Stefanik. And I like this pick, too. She's from Florida, is 39, and is a fierce Trump backer. She recently excoriated the university presidents for allowing anti-Semitism at their schools. She was also seen recently at a meeting at Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. There's Carrie Lake from Arizona, a fierce Trump backer, but she has some baggage. I can't see it. Vivek Ramaswamy. Until the Badlands opinion piece came out, which I mentioned earlier, I would have said no way. They're so very much alike. But the Badlands article did make some sense. It'd be an interesting choice. I wish Trump would pick Tim Scott. I think he will pick Elsie Stefanik. I would love to see him pick Ramaswamy. I could be wrong. Oh, the inhumanity. Race car driver Danica Patrick attended a conservative event, and liberal world is in a tizzy over it. How dare she? Evidently, she attended a Turning Point USA, TPUSA, event an organization focused on conservative ideals that targets younger folks. She posted her attendance on Instagram, causing Snowflake's hair to catch on fire. They lambasted her on their social medias. The 41-year-old Patrick is the most successful woman in the history of American open-wheel car racing, whatever the hell that is. Wonder how long it will take for the corporate world to drop her due to the audacity for her to be a conservative. Speaking of lawsuits, do you remember that woman who spilled coffee on her legs and sued McDonald's? She was made in mockery. Her suit was regarded as frivolous when she was awarded $2.9 million. Her name was Stella Liebeck, and she was 79 years old at the time when the incident happened. 
Come to find out, though, there was more to the story than what we were ever told. The incident happened in Albuquerque, New Mexico in 1992. She suffered significant injuries as the coffee was served at 190 degrees. She was in the hospital for eight days with third-degree burns. She didn't want to sue McDonald's, but did write to them asking for reimbursement for her out-of-pocket expenses and the lost wages of her daughter who had to stay home with her. She wanted $20,000 and an insurance McDonald's would turn down the temperature of their coffee. Incredibly, McDonald's counteroffered 800 bucks. She won her case, but McDonald's lawyers organized a PR campaign against her. Ms. Liebeck died in 2004 at the age of 91. Most of the money went towards her retirement home. Sales of my novel, Roll Me Away, have waned a little, folks. If you haven't bought your copy, now would be a good time to do that while it's on your mind. It's available at ebook, softcover, and hardcover. Just contact me at aweber1957 at gmail.com or go to any internet book site. In March, it will be out in audiobook, too. So this podcast is brought to you by Jeff and Brandon Chero at Coast Street Ford, now in their 40th year servicing the Kankakee County area. Stop by their showroom at 558 William Latham Drive in Bourbon A and check out that amazing GT. You can save up to $6,000 on a selection of Ford 150 pickups. Core Street Ford is open from Monday through Saturday, offering new car and truck sales, pre-owned autos, and vehicle servicing. You can call them at 815-348-7024 or check out their website at www.courtstreetford.com. The Core Street Ford Group wishes everyone and their family a Happy New Year. And now my most recent commentary. Next November the 5th, I will be voting for Donald J. Trump for president. It will be the third time in nine years throwing my support his way. Initially, I voted for Trump because he was not a politician. He's a self-made, wealthy businessman without political baggage. I admire people who can start from nothing and make something of, of themselves. My father was like that. The media reports Trump got his money from his father, which... It's kind of stretching the truth. The media does that and shouldn't be trusted. Yes, Trump borrowed $1 million from his dad, then paid it back with interest. He also used his father's reputation to gain access to larger bank loans. With those loans, he bought, sold, and built a real estate empire larger than his father's. Both he and the banks that took a chance on him made a lot of money. Trump became wealthy in his ventures, somewhere between 2 and $10 billion, depending on what news source is doing the reporting. Democrats and the media like to lowball his wealth, so naturally Trump inflates his net worth just to keep tweaking everybody's nose, an obnoxious habit many wealthy individuals possess. That wealth came about due to hard work, ingenuity, and little fear of risk. An aversion to risk is one key factor keeping most people from becoming successful. 
Trump took full advantage of risk in his business and private life. He liked living large and on the edge. Most of us don't like that. While doing so, he raised smart, successful children, none of which have taken drugs or drank alcohol like that deranged son of the current occupant in the White House. Given my disdain for most politicians, I admire the fact that Trump isn't one. Politicians don't own him. He answers to banks and shareholders. To do that, you have to have a good relationship with people. Trump's presidency had some ups and downs, but few people suffered under Trump as they are now under Biden. Yes, Trump is brash and vain. Do you want a church mouse for your president? Trump knows how to wheel and deal. He's used his business acumen and tough-nosed New York persona on the national and world stage, leading by being an America first president. What the hell is wrong with that? For anybody that has a fault with Trump's presidency, consider the fact that Democrats in the swamp were working feverishly against him at every turn because they feared he was going to expose their free rides. It was the Democrats and the likes of Anthony Fauci that shut this country down over COVID. That single act has had a negative consequences on an entire generation of Americans. An example of people working against Trump can be found with Adam Kinzinger right here from Illinois, who sat on a sham January 6th committee that was responsible for putting hundreds of people unlawfully in prison. He bawled for the camera, while at the same time sitting on thousands of hours of tape showing that the J6 was not Trump's fault. J6 was blown out of proportion by the swamp and our corrupt media. Facing prison time, Matthew Perna was driven to suicide over the bogus charges he was facing. Ashley Babbitt was murdered by a house lackey who got off scot-free. Folks, the deep state is real and they fear Trump. He's liable to tell us where the bodies are buried or how our tax money is being squandered by the greed of corrupt officials. The swamp acts as if they are our overlords. Damn it, the fact is they work for us. They know if we get the answers we deserve, they're going to lose those cushy positions. They will fight Trump tooth and nail to make sure he doesn't take them down. Our generation has never seen a man like Trump. I'm confident Democrats will make sure we never see a man like him again. Perhaps even Trump himself, if they can pull it off before the election. Just this week, the state of Colorado ridiculously took him off the ballot, a moronic act that will be overturned by the Supreme Court. Ask yourself, why are they fighting him so hard? Even if I have to write his name on the ballot, I'm voting for Trump. I'm betting my 11 grandchildren's future on it. I believe it that passionately, folks. Well, that's all I got, folks. If you like this podcast, please tell others. If you'd like to advertise on this podcast, please let me know. I could always use some more sponsors. Check out my blog at www.weberswhippingpost.com. And thanks a million for listening. Bye now. Bye now.